Hey everyone, welcome to the Founder Hour with Pat and Posh. For episode 14, we sat down with Tenny Panosian. Tenny is the perfect example of someone who took the road less traveled, and that has surely made all the difference in her life. Instead of going into the corporate world, she started blogging and eventually became an influencer, creating beauty tutorials on makeup, skincare, hair, and other fun stuff. Although Pat and I don't necessarily relate to the world of beauty, her story and perseverance leading to her success was truly inspiring. Here we go. You know, there was so much like error along the way, but like if I hadn't failed all those times, I wouldn't have, you know, eventually found my way. Like right. no path is gonna be, okay, we are planning this and everything's gonna go according to plan. It just does not happen that way. Hey, what's up, everyone? You're tuned in to the Founder Hour, and we're hanging out today with Tenny Pinosi, and she's a social media influencer, and um, so really excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, to, um, usually we like to kick off the podcast by like learning about your backstory a little bit um, so we could you know, sort of get a sense of, of who you are and, mm-hmm. and where you come from, and then kind of segue into what you're doing now. So <laughs> tell us a little bit more about you and you know, what, what okay. you did growing up? Let me let me briefly try to get through 33 years. <laughs> uh, so I was born in Iran, and we moved to Greece when I was two years old. Then moved to the U.S. when I was five. So English is actually my third language. And uh, I just remember coming here as a young kid and just absorbing the American culture and being so eager to, you know, learn English. And, and you know, I was watching Nickelodeon all the time, and I just became so immersed in, like, entertainment here, you know. So growing up, I think um, writing was a big thing for me. I was never good at math. <laughs> I was always really good at writing. Um, and I just was always so immersed in like episodics on TV, both cartoons and, and you know, um, real people. Um, so I, I developed an interest in that pretty early on. But, you know, as, as the child of immigrants or an immigrant myself, it's hard to sort of, you know, discover more about something you're interested in when your parents didn't really grow up here and like can't really guide you either way. My parents are great growing up. They gave me everything Mm -hmm. they could to the best of their ability. But, you know, I kind of just kind of made my way um, on my own. So one thing I knew that I had to do was get through schooling because, you know, my parents dropped everything and came here for me to get an education. So, um, (laughs) yes, absolutely. And I, I had to honor that. And it's not like I didn't want to. I really wanted to get an education. Um, so I committed to, um, getting at least one degree, which Mm -hmm. was, um, you know, the bachelor's. And then I ended up getting a master's degree too, both at USC. Mm -hmm. And once I got my master's degree, you know, during that schooling, during those two years, I had kind of decided I was going to go corporate. Um, And what was your degree in? Or both degrees? Communication was my undergrad and then communication management with an emphasis on brand strategy and marketing. So I could have gone to TBWA, Saatchi and Saatchi at the time, um, you know, Deloitte, I could have gotten into consulting. I just knew that I, you know, I, I was good at it and I could do these things. But, you know, the closer we got to graduation, I was like, you know, <laughs> I'd be missing this huge chunk in my life, you know, being creative and just creating as much as I wanted to whenever I wanted to. So I kind of just said, you know, I have these degrees. I've, I've got everything to fall back on. Yeah. So that's when I sort of 
took a year to sort of do some soul searching. And then um, at the same time that I started acting, which I wanted had wanted to do since I was super young, finally developed the courage to do it. I also started a blog. Mm-hmm. Um, I started the blog because, I, again, I'd always written and it was like a big strength of mine. And this is Miss Ma- Maven? That was Miss Maven at the okay. time, yeah. And uh, because I'd, I'd get so many questions from people about beauty products and how to do things and tips and tricks. So I said, instead of trying to go to New York and like work for a magazine and try to, you know, and in in hindsight, now I'm, I'm trying to think if I'd actually done that, now the editorial business is completely dying. Yeah, like right. it would have been so yeah. bad. So I said, you know, jobs are terrible now. I'm just going to take the risk and start a blog. Nobody back then knew what a blog was. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared. They're like, You're, you do what? Like, what do you what do? You do? <laughs> um, obviously, I wasn't making a living uh, right off the bat. Yeah. You know, I was broke for a good chunk, <laughs> good few years. So, Tenny, you touched upon something that, you know, it might, I don't want it to be uncomfortable to talk about them. I no, don't think it will be. But I know a lot of people that are, you know, let's call them millennials. I don't sure. like the word, but that's what they are. Um in their 20s, early 30s, like, they're still trying to figure out what to do. You know, I have friends that went to college with me or other colleges, and they come out of there with a bachelor's, master's, mm-hmm. professional degree, and they're still kind of confused yeah. about what they want to do. And you mentioned that you took time off to go soul-searching. Yeah. Um, what was that time like? You know, what was Tenny thinking, and what did that result in? See, that was a unique time to be doing that because... I was at the tail end of the strictly professional um, Generation X, I guess, mm. and the beginning phase of Gen Y or, or mm-hmm, millennials. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to take that time off was like, what are you doing? You just got a master's degree. Right. Get your yeah. ass up and get a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you just spent all this money to go to school. It's yeah. like, you, what am I going to do to get it back? <laughs> exactly. So it was a little bit, like I said, now it's so much more acceptable to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, it just was unheard of. So it was uncomfortable, but... I had a vision and it was, and it was at the time I didn't know how I was going to get there, but it was like this almost, if I closed my eyes, it was almost tangible, like what I wanted the rest of my life to be. And what was, what was that vision? I wanted, I wanted just to be able to create and, and to work on my own terms. Uh, I, I tried, you guys, I tried it. I tried working alongside a really successful commercial real estate agent. Um, you know, he was like, I'll show you the ropes. We'll do this. And, and I tried it and I was like, I cannot do this. I can't work on someone else's terms. It just, right. not that I'm too good for it or anything like that. It, it has everything to do with just having so much more in mm-hmm. mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. much more that I can, I'm, I, I don't, you know, I don't go to work at nine o'clock and come home at six o'clock and leave everything at the mm-hmm. office. I'm working seven days a week, right. you know, and it's always on my mind. But it's on your own terms. I think that's like the key yeah, phrase. Absolutely. You know, so a lot of people that Pat and I talk to, uh, you know, they say that we have all these ideas and we want to go out and do it, but we're afraid to jump in because, you know, we're afraid of the failure, obviously. And, you know, if we fail, you know, it's not that we're failing. That's the big deal. It's that if we fail, you know, we don't really have money to survive. We're like, you know, they don't have that financial security. Yeah. How did you take that leap of faith and say... You know, I know I want to work for myself. I want to do what I want to do. And I know that there's a risk that comes with yeah. it, but I'm just going to do it anyways. You know, I, like I don't come from money. I come from mm-hmm. a working class family and they did whatever they could to support me, which wasn't much, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. 
So there were days when I had like $17 in my bank account. I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do for the next 14 days before I, you know, get some, get another check. Because when I was doing commercials, it was great because right. that would sustain me for a good long time. But if I wasn't booking another one, it was like, yeah. oh my gosh. It's one of those things where it's like, it could be few and far between and you just, mm-hmm. you, have, you don't know because yes. you have to keep your whole schedule open. And then when they book mm-hmm. you, they book you. And if you say no, then that's it for exactly. a while. So. But if you're going to make that decision to, to sort of be very risky mm-hmm. and do that and mm-hmm. you know, not have a lot of money to fall back on. You know, I, I was, I met up with a, a student right now at USC who asked me to have lunch. Um, I'd spoken to her master's class and she stopped me and said, Hey, could we have lunch? I'd love to pick your brain. So I went back to campus. We had lunch and I was so impressed with how hard she just hustles. She's, she's doing things that, you know, other people might just idly sit by and wait for something to happen She's getting out there sending emails, you know, getting in touch with people. And she's getting opportunities, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, while she's in school. So I think that's really the key is just is, is thinking outside the box and doing things that aren't necessarily traditional or, like, acceptable, I guess. You know, you have to get in touch with people. You have to network with people. I'm personally not even good at that. So I was so impressed when she was telling me that. I was like, listen, you're doing great. (laughs) You know, you've got a future. And that's another thing is I I told her, I said, listen, I can, I can always see the difference between someone who has a clear vision of what they want their future to be and someone who's just kind of like, well, I'm interested in journalism. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a very distinct difference. Yeah. Um, so you said that you were kind of like trying to do the whole acting thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so in in between you started a blog, why did you, and and you had said because you had friends approaching you about makeup. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So what was your vision for that blog? Like, I know you, you know, you did a lot of makeup reviews and things like that, but first of all, why a blog versus something else? And second, what, what what did you think it was going to become? Well, a blog, because it was, it was the only thing that I could own 100% on, on my own. You know, it was mine and I didn't have to have any partners to the the overhead was, you know, practically nothing. So, um, that's why it was a blog. But, um, I, (laughs) because I was fresh out of my master's program, I was so like in this business mindset. So I was like, I need a business plan. We need to compare our competitors. (laughs) It was and it was such a waste of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was such a waste. But again, this is what I mean is, you know, there was so much like error along the way. But like if I hadn't failed all those times, I wouldn't have, you know, eventually found my way. Like right. no path is going to be, okay, we were planning this and everything's going to go according to plan. It just does not happen that way. So I set out for it to be sort of like this online magazine. Mm-hmm. But over the years, I started to learn that people just want a connection with a real person. And that's what it comes down to. They don't want this perfectly polished professional product written by an editor that they don't know. They want some kind of connection to the person whose words they're reading. And when you figured that out, how did you transition from... And I know you said early on, like, you liked writing, though, something Mm -hmm. that you always did. But when you learned that your audience or, you know, just people in general want to connect with a real human being, and I think that's the case now, too, how did you make that transition from, you know writing blogs to what you eventually ended up doing? You know, it wasn't an easy transition for me because I'm not like a super open, Mm -hmm. transparent, wear my heart on my sleeve kind of person. I'm very, I'm such an introvert. I'm very private. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not easy for me to talk about my feelings and stuff. So that wasn't an easy transition for me. But every time I've gone there and like pushed the boundaries, my own boundaries and like made myself vulnerable, the 
feedback you get from people is so rewarding. It just, it makes you feel connected to them too. And it mm-hmm. makes you realize that there's, there, these are people. These are not just consumers. They're not just readers. They're not a, a statistic. They are people that, you know, go through similar things. Um, so every time I do that, every time I sort of tell either a personal story or um, reveal something about myself that's not necessarily like super positive, it, it's always, it always turns out positively because people want to see that. They right. want to see real. And I think that, and again, like I think we'll lead this into social media and mm-hmm. how that's had an effect on, you know, your livelihood and your business. But I feel like on social media, you don't want to show the difficult times. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to show that, you know, I, that, that business that I started failed. You just kind of like let it die out naturally. Yeah. But that's that's like what happens to the majority of people. Yeah. So, you know, how have you been able to connect with folks using that raw, like not only emotion, but really kind of sharing your real life story as it's happening? You know, uh, it's funny because as you said, on Instagram, you look at someone's feed and it's just perfect life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what people are inclined to share. Mm -hmm. And it sort of sets this dangerous precedent for, you know, what people expect Mm -hmm. life to be. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there, there are, it's either, I mean, it could be with a post, which I did the other day. I was very vulnerable. Um, I wrote a post, um, again, just about like, just humbling myself. Um, And then, and then outside of that, just even getting on either Snapchat or Instagram stories and showing this not perfect Mm -hmm you know, polished product, you're just like this with your phone, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you're in your pajamas, you're just fresh out of bed. You don't have makeup on, probably haven't even brushed your teeth, but you're talking to your, your friends on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. I think those are the important places where you connect with people and not wait to, you know, let me make sure my hair is right. And then talk to them, you know, it's, you have to show them every aspect of your life. Yep. Kind of talk about that inception stage of like when you launched the blog. I know mm-hmm. you said that um, you didn't know what it was going to become. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like a fun thing because you wanted to share your uh, ideas and whatever creativity like with your friends and with yeah. the world. At what point did it become like something that you're like, whoa, like there's something here. I can actually double down on this and, and take it really far. So that's at threefold, I think. One is just seeing the readership and the comments. Two is uh, the the PR companies and the brands coming to me saying, hey, I, we'd love to send you our products to review. And I was like, oh my God, really? That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and then um, also introducing YouTube into my... Repertoire. Yes, exactly. Um, that medium changed everything. I mean, YouTube, again, because people don't want to... Obviously, there is an audience that wants to right. read, but a lot of people want to... You know, visually watch. see, they just especially if it's watch. makeup, it's like yes, the, it's exactly, especially like this generation of people. 100%. I mean, like, we want that instant gratification. I want it now, and I want mm-hmm. it here, and I don't want to read and read and read. Like, just give it to me right now. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's I think that's what once the YouTube got rolling, it was like that's really what made all the difference. Right. So um, so like initially, um, how did you? How did people find out about you? Like, what were you doing? I think it, it's, I just followed the the concept of if you build it, they will come. And that's really it. You know, you you put out these articles and there's keywords in it. The Google crawlers are going to pick them up. And yeah. at a certain point, if you, if you typed in beauty blog in a Google search, I was on the front page, third search down, for, like the right after Lauren Conrad's blog. Wow. Like that was, I was like, how did I, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And it was just completely organic just all the 
words on my blog got me there. Yeah. I wasn't like paying major bucks for like And you said SEO. you were one of the first people to like be on that at the time. I mean, not one of the first. I, I think at the time, like in 20, 2011, people have had blogs since like 2008. Like right. there's been people that have been around mm-hmm. for more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, that again, that has changed so much. Yeah. I mean, like I, I remember back then, like, people didn't really talk too much about watching like tutorials and things like that on YouTube. It was like mm-hmm. just kind of getting big yeah. and now obviously it's a huge industry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Tenny, we, both Pat and I have read this book by Simon Sinek and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have too. I think it's called Starts With, or it starts with why or starting with why. Start with why. Start with why. And it's how, you know, basically a lot of businesses start with like what they're going to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to make a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. But he talks about, and again, I'm highly summarizing the book, mm-hmm. about like, why like you know i'm making this coffee cup because you know Mm -hmm. and starting off with the why like why am i doing this and early on you were talking about how you know your mission was really to create like you know to you know to obviously work for yourself but to create something and something that would hopefully you know impact others how did this you know how did this vlog and how how did the blog and the vlog and everything else that you've done how does that tie back into your original mission of creating well, I mean, look, I have the opportunity every single day to wake up and have an idea and bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Whether that's on whether that's, you know, in words, in photos or in moving picture, mm-hmm. that's that is a freedom that I have every single day and that's exactly what I set out to do from the very right. start. And the thing is, too, it at the time you're thinking I just want to create. I just want to create that turns into so many different things. At this point, I want to go behind the camera too and just produce my own stuff, not necessarily with me in it. Mm. Um, I don't know what that looks like in an influencer world, but um, I think one step would be to start my own production company because that would satisfy, you know, my own videos I'd have an in-house team that could make my videos because right now I'm doing everything by myself. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Like from the (laughs) beginning, were you doing everything, recording, editing? Everything. I MacGyvered my way through this industry like you wouldn't believe. It's a lot of work (laughs) to stay consistent because like content-wise, like if you're not consistent with content, like you're probably not going to be the top page and things like that. Yes, and you know, that that was the way of YouTube in the beginning. Now it's like this weird AI world of like algorithms that Mm -hmm, don't make mm -hmm. sense. So... (laughs) I subscribe to the quality over quantity right. uh, mm. school of thought now. <laughs> I'm just thinking here and, you know, what you did is obviously, I mean, incredible. And it, you don't hear these stories very often. Um, was there a time that, you know, in this journey that you ever doubted, not yourself per se, but the path you were on? No, not once. Not once. Because... You know, every time I stop to think of like what I'd envisioned and what it's turned into, I mean, it's it shocks me, you know, but it also invigorates me to to keep going and then to take it a, a, a step mm-hmm. further and a step mm-hmm. further and a step further because you know we're in an age now that we have so much power just within ourselves, like in in your own bedroom. It doesn't even have to be in a studio or right. you know. If you if you have if you have something in your mind, you can create it. There's nothing stopping you from creating it. Whereas before, I mean, now we just I mean, everything is so smart. All the cameras are smart. It's so easy to edit a video. You know, it's there's nothing stopping us from creating. So um, I just think that that there was never a reason to doubt it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that ever ever 
stood in my way and said, oh, maybe you should, you know, shift your path. It just never happened. How does it feel like to work for yourself, but also kind of keep yourself motivated? You know, when you work with a team where there's other people around yeah. you, it's like, oh, you know, Pat, go hard. You know, let's do this. Yes. Like, you know, we're almost there. You know, these are our goals. Let's get them done. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you keep yourself motivated all the time, day after day, all these years and continue kind of reaching new heights? Well, you don't. <laughs> That's the short answer. Right. It's, you, I mean, it's impossible to stay motivated all the time. And in fact, there are times where, I guess maybe this alters my, my previous answer, but not like in a, it's just surface level. Yeah, yeah. There are times where I'm just like, this is trash. You don't know what you're doing. Like, what do you, why does anyone even watch you? You're terrible. <laughs> you know, you go through those moments where you're low on motivation. You think your work sucks. So you just have to take a step yeah. back and just kind of, Take, I mean, it's an artist thing. Like, and and you like, a, I mean, most founders and artists are like, you know, self-critics and like yeah. the most critical of their work more, more than anybody because yeah. you know yourself so well and you're exactly. like, you know what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, that's definitely something that we, we hear about a lot yeah, too. Yeah, it's, 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 it's challenging, especially for someone like me. I'm a perfectionist. Um, so, and especially, you know, working for yourself, it's not easy to stay motivated. And Completely, confession, yeah. I mean, I am a lazy person by nature, really. I have to go the extra mile to keep myself motivated. But I think it just comes in, you know, anytime like an idea comes up, that in itself is motivation because all you want to do is make that idea come to life. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And what I'm hearing from you and I think what Pat and I talk about all the time is it's very relatable to our generation. You know, this is something that when we sit down with friends, we talk about it. Like, you know, we don't want to work for somebody. Mm -hmm. And if we do, like, we always have this thing of like, we want to eventually work for ourselves. But then at the same time, who's going to keep us accountable, you know? What, what, you know, wh- I'm just trying to think, like, what drives you? You know, is it is it that you have this, you know, listener base, this fan base that is expecting you to do it? Or is it just Tenny wanting to exceed her own expectations? I think, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's me. Um, what, honestly, what drives me, I think, is wanting to have a really secure future and if I had kids one day for them to be really proud of me to mm-hmm. like look at me and like want to you know feel motivated themselves to want to achieve something great you know again mm-hmm. I'll I'll say it again my parents were great growing up they right. did the best they could with what they had right. but you know I didn't have anything to look up to and mm-hmm. say you know I you know this is my role model this right, is my guide right. So I just, I want my kids to think I'm cool and like that I'm so successful and look up to me. <laughs> so right. I, I think of my future and that's what keeps driving me is, you know, I, I think of like what I'll be doing in a few years because mm-hmm. I can't possibly be doing YouTube forever. So I have to think about, you know, licensing, merchandising, you know, d- other things, right. other things that will, will sort of sustain themselves, um, in a different way than I'm doing now. Kind of, kind of going back to that vision that you said you initially had for like your life, your career, and, and that's kind of what you put this that work that you put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what advice would you give to someone that may have like this really grand vision um, and knows like the level of hard work and they're hardworking, um, but kind of like they don't know where to start? And and I guess uh, to kind of uh, you know uh, take that to another level is like how how much would you say like luck has played a part in that as well? Versus hard, just the work that you put sure. in. Sure. Um, you know, luck is, I don't know that I necessarily believe in luck. I think it has more to do with how clear your vision is. Because the clearer it is, the more you know exactly where you want to be, mm-hmm. the more your feet are actually just going to 
you know, right. go into those, those prints and like fo- follow that path. It's, it's inevitable that, you know, if you're envisioning yourself exactly somewhere that you want to be, you will reach it. You might have detours here and there that lead, lead you down a wrong path. You're just going to have to back up and get right back on the path. It's, it's, that's, I don't know that luck, I think maybe for some, some people, for me, actually, if luck had had anything to do with it, I think this would all have happened maybe a few years earlier for me. Um, I definitely hit a lot of like roadblocks and speed bumps and, um, learned along the way. But I mean, I think the the luckiest thing for me really is that I'm working with my agent, like the fa- the fact that she found me and, and wanted to represent me because she's made a huge difference in the path that my career has gone in. Tenny, I guess let's talk about a little bit more about like what the daily life looks like. Sure. Um, you know, now you said that you have an agent, you know, and I know that a lot of the work has to deal, not a lot of the work, but a good amount of the work has to deal with your relationships with different people and different yes. brands. Um, you know, how hard was it to get those folks on in the beginning and, you know, get recognized mm-hmm. and then obviously scale yourself into, you know, where you are today and hopefully where you hope to go? Well, you know, it's funny. In the beginning, you're asking them to notice you. Now they're begging you to talk to them. Right, right, right. Full circle. <laughs> and that's a great place to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's and it gives you leverage over your own career. Whereas before it was like, okay, we'll, we'll take every opportunity. Now it's like we're more discerning about what we're actually going to go on board for and, and what we want to be associated with. Um, I'm actually right now in the process. I just finished up a, a vlog where, um, you know, I went to New York or like 10 days ago. And I wanted to show people sort of what happens because all they see really is here I'm eating a sandwich at a cafe or like, you know, or like <laughs> I'm at a, at a fashion show in New York. But I wanted to show more of what happens. So I had a shoot there with Sephora. I showed them a little bit of the behind the scenes, what was happening there. But my agent said, listen, stay another day. I'm going to schedule about six meetings for you. <laughs> yeah, just stay another day and just work. You're like, no, don't, really, go have, that, don't go have fun. My age, she rides me so hard. You have no idea. Like, 11 o'clock at night, we'll be texting about, like, right. strategy. But see, that's somebody that keeps you accountable. One like, really- hundred. Yeah. Jade Sherman, if you're listening. Shout out Jade oh Sherman. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. If she hears this, she'll laugh. Like, no, no kidding. She really holds me Sounds like the type of agent you want to work with. Yes, right. 100%. She's such a shark. She's a go-getter, and I, I need that kick in the ass, so... <laughs> Um, so yeah, in that vlog, I, I just wanted to, you know, those meetings, those meetings aren't just to have coffee and mm-hmm, eat, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're to, it's almost like an interview, you right. know, they're I, getting to know you're me. You're interviewing them or they're interviewing you? Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, they're, they're getting to know me. I'm getting to know them. We're going to see if I'm a good fit for the right. brand. And also that's my opportunity to pitch ideas. Right. You know, I'm going back to New York this weekend and... <laughs> I'm taking handouts with me and I'm going to hand it out to every single support executive. And that's just how it's, uh, how it has to happen. Not every influencer plays the game that way. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and obviously that works to my advantage, but you know, not, not everybody approaches it that way. We're not asking you, I guess, to give away any secrets here, but sure. when you, when you meet with like these executives, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you talk about like, you know, ideas, what exactly is it that you're pitching to them? So it could be anything. It could range from just a one-off video on YouTube, which I which pref- you would be in. I would, would do, which I would right. be in, which I prefer not to do because at this point we're really trying to have meaningful, long-term relationships yeah. with mm-hmm, brands. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that make sense. Um, so, so that's typically what I like to pitch is sort of like a, a bigger picture, a bigger partnership mm-hmm. um, that spans maybe six months to a year. 
those have always turned out to be really successful. But I'll take in my iPad, you know, I'll have a little presentation. Uh, maybe if I have an idea for a video, which um, I've had two really solid ones that I pitched to one of the brands and I need to pitch to the other one um, that are very specifically geared to, to that brand. Right. You know, um, it has to do with their products or if they have three hero products, show the consumer what each one does, that kind of video. Or if another one comes from a certain part of the world, let's go to that part of the world and do just a celebratory video of that brand, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's the creative comes from me. Right. And, you know, that's my opportunity to pitch to them and say, hey, listen, I have this idea. And more often than, than not, they're very receptive and it ends up turning into something. How much research goes into these pitches and presentations that you're doing? Because it's so, and the reason I ask, let me let me clarify the reason I'm asking mm-hmm. is because a lot of people that and per, perhaps myself included um, think that being an influencer is very easy. You mm-hmm. go up, you post a picture, you post a video, mm-hmm. ta-da, like you make some money. Uh but from this conversation already, I can kind of gauge that that's really not the case. Like, it, there's a lot of work, a lot of research, a lot of kind of targeting that goes into every single conversation, every single meeting that you're taking. Um, you know, is that something that you're doing on your end? Yes. And like I said, it's not typical. You know, there's a small handful of people um, that are doing that. And I think that. You know, for the sake of longevity, yeah. that's really the way to do it's like it. Like what happens when the wall goes dry? Like, and no exactly. one's on Instagram anymore. Yeah. And no one's. So you you could easily with... take be the easy influencer and and you know just post pictures and I don't know. I, I don't even know what that looks like to be honest with you. How how you actually make money that way? But I've I've seen a lot of people post like, oh, this is so hard. Like it seemed seemed so easy just doing pictures and stuff. I'm like, what mm-hmm. did you think this was? Yeah. Like, I, didn't, I didn't know which filter to choose. Yeah, <laughs> no, that. I mean, it just yeah. it honestly doesn't even offend me when people say that. I'm like, I'm getting my checks. I don't right, care what exactly. you think about it, yeah. you know? Uh, but it's it's better for me to sort of quietly be working behind the scenes. Right. Nobody has to know about it. Yeah. it you know, it, it doesn't matter to me. If I, I definitely want to come back to this and talk about kind of your, your vision yeah. for, for your future and, and what you want to do. But um, kind of to go back to, um, so you started Miss Maven, which was like your first blog, mm-hmm. and then you, you sort of transitioned or started a new blog called Remarks. Yes. Is that right? Tell uh-huh. us more about why you did that. So um, I was I was starting to feel really stale and just not motivated um, to, to do the blog thing anymore. And uh, for a long time, I, I couldn't figure it out. I was like, why am I not into this anymore? Is it just that I'm so into YouTube? Which, yeah, I am. But, um, you know, the blog is the one thing that I will always own 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, Instagram could die tomorrow. Yeah. YouTube can just go off the map tomorrow. But I thought about it and I was like, I've outgrown it. You know, Miss Maven just sounded kind of juvenile. And it just, it, I'd outgrown it. As much as I l- love it and, and that's where I got my start, um, I, I just was like, I need something a little more elevated, something a little more mature. So that's where I came from. I wanted it. I wanted it to look like you know when you visit the site, like a really high end department store yeah, <laughs> kind which of thing. It does. You know, yeah, it's, it's great um, so and there's a little ode to Miss Maven with the M. You know, the M is is uh, a different color. So um, I just I really needed to shake things up. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't it wasn't inspiring me anymore right. to to write on that blog. So. This is just a little more grown up, a little more. And this one is more, um, it's not just, we're not just writing about beauty. It's personal stories, home. You know, home is a big thing that I've been focusing on mm-hmm. lately. 
Um, so it's like an all-encompassing. It's all, I, I like to call it a digital diary. Why did you decide to like to you know kind of have an all-encompassing blog versus just beauty? Because that that was kind of what grew your yeah. career. But now you like you have a huge following and and everyone's kind of looking up looking to you mm-hmm. you know for inspiration on anything. So is, is that was that the reason? Or yeah, it's just the, the demand from people. You know, it's you see them like yearning for like certain like things and. Uh, how, home is like a big one. They keep asking for more home videos. Like, what more can I possibly show you? You yeah. know, yeah. other um, people's homes. Uh, yeah, well, or more homes. Buy or more homes. homes. <laughs> exactly. That's where which the real estate I, comes go. in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, they're, again, they're just that goes right back to them wanting a personal connection with you. You know, seeing into your home is another way to sort of connect yeah. with you a little bit because it's your it's your abode. This is where you mm-hmm. are yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Pat and I always talk about this phrase that we've heard, you know, used several times about do things that don't scale, you know, like just just do the best that you could do, but don't necessarily be concerned about how you're going to grow. Mm-hmm. Like just just do it, mm-hmm. be the best at it, and then we'll figure it out kind yeah. of thing. Uh, where do you go from here in terms of growing and scaling your personal efforts into perhaps something bigger where you have a team of people doing what you're doing or you have, like you said earlier, a production team? Yeah. I mean, how do how do you go from where you are now to, you know, even higher heights? Um, first, I'd have to change my personality because I'm so bad about like <laughs> relinquishing duties to other people. Well, I mean, yeah, as anybody. <laughs> really bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even have an assistant. I, I've needed an assistant for about two years, and I don't have one. And mm-hmm. I'm going out of my mind. Some days, I just want to hurl myself into traffic. <laughs> like it gets really stressful. I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of listeners that are gonna hit us up and be like, "We re- can we connect you to Kenny? Oh. Kenny, we're gonna, you want to be your assistant?" I I am a tyrant, just so you know. (laughs) Um, But good training. It's hard. It's hard because you know you want something done, but you want it done the way you would do it. And I I just have to accept that that's not one hundred percent possible. But um, it's a matter of finding the time to really train someone, and so that's step one for me. But Mm -hmm. um, I think I think that um, continuing to do what we're doing, Jade and I. just taking the business route is is so fruitful mm-hmm. because brands appreciate that you're you're taking an approach or you're speaking a language that they understand for right. one, um, and it, it puts them at ease that you understand that you know there's there's a reputation to uphold, there's a brand identity to communicate, there's you know there's certain th- things you have to hit, um, but sometimes influencers just want to post a photo, put the caption in, and call it a day. Um, but I think they just really appreciate seeing that extra work. And I think that's going to sustain us. But I do think that, um, going into products is going to be what will sort of be the, be the long-term plan. And would these be, and would these be your own products or would it be, you know, partnerships with existing brands? Perhaps they could start as partnerships, but eventually it will, will have to be my own brand. And that would be like in the beauty industry or just home. It could. It could be either. It's like Tenny's own guilt. Like (laughs) like just Tenny beauty, Tenny home, Tenny office. You know, I, I would, I have a passion for each one of those. It will just come down to when the timing is right, right, which one really, you know, speaks to me the most. Which will definitely require more than just you. To, yes. To, to build, At that point. To build, right. Take it off my hands. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of curious, like, kind of looking at like what you've built so far um, and going back to, like, what you studied in college, you know, advertising. It kind of plays into, to, like, how social media is. Yeah 
become this kind of platform for promoting whatever you're promoting. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you could just have your regular Instagram, but then, you know, so many social media influencers have built a career out of, out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, but if for some reason, like, let's say you just didn't have a big following and weren't able to build that, what, what would you have done with what your kind of passions are? Wow. Um, I, I think probably I would have ended up at an ad agency because they still get to have that, you know, first of all, the environment is great. I remember during my master's, we had sort of a field trip to TBWA and the offices were like crazy. It was just like a giant warehouse. There was like a Nissan hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> there were gargoyles and basketball courts. So it's a, it, it's an environment that cultivates creativity. So I most likely would have ended up there where I'd be working on different accounts for, you know. Mad Men style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With some cigarettes and whiskey. Daily. But it, I mean, it looked, it looked like a, like I said, the environment wasn't stale and like cubicles. It just wasn't like that. So, um, that's the <clears throat> one thing I've always just been really afraid of is just being in this really sterile environment <laughs> where yeah. there's nothing creative happening. Recently, I was having a conversation with somebody about like turning your passion into a career. You know, a lot of times we, we talk about passions as our hobbies. Um, but you're, I think an amazing example of Literally taking your passion from day one and making it mm -hmm. a career. Um, I know another one of your passions is acting, and that's something that you've done in the past. Mm -hmm. And you know, I th we were talking yesterday, and I think it's something that you're taking up, or yeah. you're, you know, you're trying to improve. On. I don't want to call it improve because sure. I'm assuming that you know you want to. I'm a world class actor. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you, you just haven't broken out yet, you know. So, um, and also, you said you want to get behind the camera. Mm -hmm. um, how does that shift take place, and you know, how do you even have time for that? You know, it's it's funny because um, I was doing well in, in TV, film, and commercial before digital took off. You know, I had some fun um, uh, bookings that people still see and they, like, will comment, like, oh, my gosh, I saw you in, you know, this. Mm -hmm. And it's fun for me to see that because that was – it feels like another life at this yeah, point. Right. My plan was to, you know, put the brakes on auditioning for a little while – get myself together, balance this whole digital thing, and then come back like, yeah, six months, a year. It's three and a half years later. <laughs> and I'm just now, actually like four years, I'm just now, you know, getting back into it because one, I miss it. And two, this is what I wanted all along, you know, digital just, and, and I, I am so grateful for everything that's happened, but it just got so busy and it took, took hold of my life. So I just stepped away for longer than I expected. But you know, acting and what I'm doing on in in YouTube and all that—it's storytelling. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's in the same vein. Obviously, it's different arts, but I just I missed it so much, and I finally made the decision to, uh, and it, and what what like switched um, the the gears, gears for me was I went in for a, a random commercial audition. I hadn't been in a long time, and usually commercial auditions are very just—they're not really acting. You're you're we're talking about a product here, so. I went in and it was me and one other guy and the the guy behind camera made us improv for about 15 minutes and I and I walked out of there just and it went so well mm -hmm. and I walked out of there being like oh my gosh I miss this so much like this that felt so good and I think it was at a time where digital was starting to feel stale for me mm -hmm. I was I was sort of low on inspiration so I said we're we're doing this we're going back so I'm in class and I'm so happy and um you know I'm going to be able to leverage this following uh, when it comes to booking work, you know? No doubt. 
No so. doubt. So you, you said you work seven days a week, mm-hmm. like any you know um, business person, b- creator. Um, what do you do in your free time if you have any? Um, I like to stay in my house a lot. <laughs> um, just I mean, you have a beautiful home. We're, thank you. We're, we're speaking or doing this podcast in your home right now. Thanks. So. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is one of my hobbies is just you know decorating the house, gardening. I love gardening. I'm out there all the time watering them, talking to my plants. Um, <laughs> what, what's what's something you tell your plants? Um, I mean, I just kind of it's it's more like commentary. Like, oh, this one looks a little dry. Like, we should probably prune this one. <laughs> <laughs> third, third person, not first person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's commentary. Um, but uh, my dogs, I love being with my dogs. I love going over to my mom's house. I mean, it's I'm a very dull person. <laughs> I really don't do anything super exciting. Well, I mean, that stuff is like, I mean, I feel like so many people overlook that. Like family yeah, you know, and my just being work, home and being with yourself. Exactly. My work itself is, ex- I get to do really exciting things with work. So really the, the downtime, I just want to be with my family, want to be with my friends, just hanging out. I asked a question. I asked the question in one of our interviews. Uh, it must have been a while ago at this point, um, and I, I asked it in the beginning. But I, I like the question, so I'm just going to ask it again. Um, and uh, the question was, if you can create any flavor of frozen yogurt, what would it be? Any flavor of frozen yogurt, seaweed. <laughs> Whoa! Was not expecting that. I was not either. That's a good one. That's why, a very why? good one. Yeah. Why? I love you know the seaweed sheets. Uh, yeah, I do. Oh, those are so addicting. <laughs> They're really good. So you think that that would be good in a frozen yogurt form? I mean, I'm 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 just not judging you. I'm just. I'm actually really like blown away by that. Like, that sounds like. <laughs> what about what about a nice an amazing business opportunity here? Ooh, see now we're talking. Okay, yeah. Now we're talking. Right? Or right. is is Don Julio one of your brand sponsors? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they should be. They Funny. should be. They should be. Oh, I was in a Dos Equis commercial, okay, so a little there bit of a conflict there. there. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, yeah, so, you know, I'm glad you bring that up because I was going to ask you, what happens when there is conflict between potential partnerships? This is a very interesting time um, because, you know, I'm, I'm union. I'm a SAG member. Mm-hmm. So um, they haven't really, you know, specified YouTube as, as one of their, you know, platforms, but it's like not TV or film you know so um my agency will handle that when it comes up you know they'll they'll know the right thing to do all you know by the book it's i think they they eventually will figure out you know what the, what needs to be done kind of talk about youtube actually what are what, what are your thoughts on sort of where it's it's come since when it was kind of just growing and, and I mean, obviously, you know, the monetization aspect mm-hmm. of it and people who are doing really well on YouTube were making really great living. Sure. But now it's kind of, from what I've heard, it's kind of like not the same anymore. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think the, the biggest mistake was making the algorithm art, artificial intelligence, like, or just even just regulating, you know, the content. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, YouTube doesn't stand by their original motto, which was, you know, uh, by creators for creators. It's not for creators anymore. Um, I think it's really just for their bottom line. And now it's owned by Google, so I mean, it's really <clears throat> strictly they're trying to. Just and make I mean, money. that's not new, right? But but it's just they've made certain moves that I I'm, I don't feel bad saying I don't approve of. A lot of people, a lot of creators do not approve mm-hmm. of it. So I think we're all sort of I don't know. I don't know if we're hungry for a new platform, but I think it's I think for me at least, I'm just committed to continuing to make my content yeah 
But yes. how do you see like the paradigm shifting for the next generation, right? Like that they want to be social media influencers mm. and they want to be this kind of like, you know, really famous person on social media. How do, how do, it's how crazy. Do they ask kids now in elementary school, like what they want to be when they grow up. And yeah. everyone says, I want to be a YouTube star. And that's, that Penelope. blows me away. Yeah. Like I cannot, I can't even mm. fathom thinking that as a child. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it's, it's weird to me. So I don't, I think... You know, it's not going in a good direction, in my opinion. Um, I think the direction is going in as just really cheap thrills. You know, yeah. everything's very... I feel like there's so much content out there where, like, yeah. to find the good stuff is, like, tough these days. Yeah, the, all a lot of the clickbait stuff is, mm-hmm. like, trending, and it's, like, really And it's changed journalism as well. I mean, like, what, what's, it's pretty dead. What's yeah. journalism? You right, know, it's... Right. Now everyone's talking about fake news. What do you mean? Like, mm-hmm. grow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you right. talking about? Like... So mm-hmm. dumb. Mm-hmm. And even even journalism, everything is really sensationalist. Right. And you read a headline and you get all angry and then you read the article and you're like, that's that's not what she said. Right. So you're why did you write that mm-hmm. headline? And you know, it's funny you say that because a part of why Patrick and I are, you know, even doing this podcast was number one, we just like telling stories. Mm-hmm. And these are stories that we have and you know we've shared with others and we've heard from others. And we said, you know, we just let's get behind the mic and share this. And at the same time, I feel like it's a good way for people to really kind of learn, educate themselves, and also yeah. kind of be entertained by real news coming yeah. from real people's right. mouths. Like, you know, and so that's what, the, why we kind of have done this. But Tanya, I want to wrap up with this question. You touched upon it a little bit. If, you know, you were to create or if there was to be another social media platform, mm-hmm. what would it look like? Uh, you know, there. I think that, that um, it needs to include different c- kind of content, not just photo and video. You know how Tumblr, you know, allowed you to to put up music, mm. and I just think it needs to be a little richer. You know, if I if I'm listening to a piece of music that I really like right now, I'd love to be able to post that on my feed, but have it still work with my feed and look good. Um, so I think that if there were to be another platform, for one thing, it should be chronological. Period. Yeah. No and algorithm. yeah, no algorithm. We. D- not a fan Facebook, of Facebook. I'm talking about you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mark Zuck. specifically. Mark, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Zucky Zuck. I hope you're listening. <laughs> so yeah, it just has to be. It has to go back to why people join social media in the first place. You know, that's that's really the bottom line. Is is it's been derailed so much from that path that it nobody really enjoys it like they used to. Right. Right. Well, Tenny, it's been an awesome conversation. Um, you know, great learning more about your, you know, your story, and, and also really curious and excited to see where you take it to the, you know, the next level. You know, whether it's creating your own production company, um, launching your own uh, frozen yogurt, seaweed flavored, winning, <laughs> winning an Emmy, or I don't know, having a stint in Silicon Valley with your own social media yeah. platform. Um, so yeah, thanks, thanks for being on the show thank with us. You. Thanks, thank you, thank you guys. Tenny.